Welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Demon. I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. Man, when you said go, you meant it. I I'm did. So, I'm still punching buttons and pulling things. You said and, go. I hit record. Well, we're you, off to the races. Usually when you say go, I've got about three to five minutes of you uh, henpecking around trying to find something or do something, but you were ready this week. I my know. I actually remembered to pull up my cigar ahead of time. That's oh, usually what I have okay. to do. That's usually I, what it is, is you, you I forget say, to look up the cigar I'm yeah, smoking. You start, you say, okay, I'm ready to go, and you look in your hand. Oh, wait. I, I don't know anything about this. <laughs> to look that up see exactly what that is well speaking of which i'm actually really excited about the cigar i'm smoking this week um we have smoked the La Roar Preferidos on the show, but I've actually never had the Emerald, which is the Ecuadorian. Uh-huh. I've had the Diamond, which is the black one, and I've had the Ruby, the red one. I've never had this one, though, and it was just one of those things. Kind of like, it's funny, this is two weeks in a row. I've walked into the humidor, and I see Ecuador and go, ooh, there we go. So, um, yeah, so this is the, the non-Tubos version. This is the one that they, they do in the, the Robusto size. It's uh, Dominican and Nicaraguan long fillers uh, rolled in Ecuadorian sun-grown wrapper, uh, Ecuadorian sun-grown Sumatra wrapper. Um, La Aurora is just so well-known for this line of cigars. It's a great cigar. It's more money than I want to spend for that cigar. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not worth the money. I'm just saying it's not worth it to me. Yeah. Well, and and that's fine. You know, I... When we had, when we had the cigars on the show, I think with Nate right. uh, a couple years ago, you know that's kind of how I felt. I obviously wasn't going to say it with him on the show, but at the same time, at twelve bucks, it's with the rate increases, with the tax increases, and all that that we've had in the last couple of years. That's no longer as pricey a cigar as it was two years ago. Yeah, the market's catching up to it, which is really, really a shame. Yeah, but, well, but that's it's the way of the world. That's the way life happens. I mean, if I can smoke a cigar that that's this good on a more regular basis because I don't get influenced by the price as much, that is a benefit. But the fact that I'm getting conditioned to 10 and $12 cigars being the norm, and pretty soon, as we'll talk about later in the show, that's going to be even worse. Yeah, it's, it's, it's I don't really, not really on board with that. No. So we talked about it last week, and I I managed to keep it a week. It was hard. I I wanted to smoke this cigar really bad, like Saturday. And I considered smoking it and running up and getting another one before the show, just so I wouldn't seem, but I'm an honest man. So I'll be smoking the Caso de Monte Cristo exclusive My Father Cigar. Luckily, Austin's not here right now, so I can say this. But for those of you that are near a Casa shop, and if you're not on their mailing list, you probably didn't see today. They sent out an email that currently they are doing spend $100, get a $50 gift card. Oh, are they it's doing their, that again? Yeah, it's oh. their big one again. This is the biggest promotion they do. Um, if you're near enough to a CASA to be able to take advantage of that, now is the time. <laughs> when we when we get off the show, me and you just jump in the truck. That's right. <laughs> hit, hit I almost way. hit it on the way down here today. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a definite <laughs> deal worth taking. So this cigar uses an Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper. Okay. Can we limit the amount of adjectives you have to explain the tobacco to one? I don't think, I don't want 20 adjectives, you know, because here's the description. Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper with leaves from Nicaragua's Esteli Jalapa, Nicaraguan filler, and 
Esteli and Finica de Pedro. Okay, and well, I don't uh, want to have to learn Spanish to tell people what cigar I'm smoking. Ecuadorian is where it's grown. Habano is the seed. Habano is the seed. And what was the other? Oscuro is the clear. Oscuro is the age. Yeah. Um, so those are all. Now, when you start getting into descriptors that aren't necessary or are redundant, right. then I agree with you. But in that case, each of those three words says something specific about the the wrapper. The filler contains tobacco from Esteli and the Finca de Perdero farm from Jalapa, the Finca de la Bonita farm, and from the Finca La Colita de Barbara's in Namanji. Really? Hey, folks. Hey, boys, here's your cigar. Fire this thing up. See how it treats you. Can we, can we keep it that simple? Oh, come on. If you are, if you are handing the cigar to, to someone in the shop, you wouldn't go through all of that. But as someone who sits down and does a weekly publication... Involving cigars, when we look at a, a cigar, all we see is Nicaraguan wrapper, binder, and filler. I, I do want a little bit more information than that. See, I'm good with that. I, I'm, I'm perfectly content I'm going to have that. to go back and find the episode where you said exactly what I just said. It's, it's, instead real, of what you, it's real easy to go from describing your cigar to pompous jerk in a hurry. You know, held in the hands of the Ometepe and grown under the the shade of 12 cloths. It, it's really easy to get pretentious describing your cigar if you use too many adjectives. It is when you're sitting across the table from somebody. But if you're trying to put out a blurb, marketing piece, or something like that, that's all good information. If you don't like it, don't read it. You don't have to, you know, I, I, I enjoy learning those types of things. Now, I'm not going to regurgitate those facts every time I talk about the cigar with somebody, but it's it's nice that that information is out there. Tell you something. There's only a set amount of RAM in this hard drive that I'm toting around, and I don't want it filled up with all that stuff. Let's, just, let's keep it simple. Keep it calm. I'm, I'm more about that. But anyway... So That's twice today I've had a conversation with somebody that didn't know the difference between memory and storage. Okay. And I'm going to get in trouble for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just call honey. It, I'm calling it right now. I'm getting in so much trouble yeah. for that. Sorry, honey. I'm, I'm, I'm in trouble. But you don't put RAM in a hard drive. Anyway, so we've got an no, action-packed show. No, RAM goes in the motherboard. I know that. We've got an action-packed show for you guys this week. So now that we've got our cigars lit up, let's go right to the first story, um, which I think... Now... Is this brand marketing listening to their people in the field? Like, is there a direct connection between Tanel and this, do you think? This has Tanel's hands all over it. I mean, this is, so if anybody has ever smoked a cigar with, with Jeff Tanel, you have played Shut the Box, possibly winning the cigar you were smoking in the process of playing it. Exactly. Do you want to, do you want to lay it out a little bit more than that? Just So in, in primarily Southeast region, although he does travel a bit more now these days, um, basically, shut the box is a dice game. You've got a box with anywhere from 10 to 12 little wooden flaps with a number on. The idea is that you roll the dice and you're trying to close to get the numbers on and you're trying to shut the box, get all 10 or 12 numbers depending on the version. Right, using combinations of what you roll on the dice. Right. You roll a 12, you're great. You roll a snake eyes, you're usually sunk. Unless exactly. you, If you roll a snake eyes late, you're sunk. Yeah. And, all. and for years, Jeff has, brought, has carried this around, even when he was just our rep. Mm -hmm. He carried this around, and we would all sit around and play a game of it for a cigar. And all. and it was, it was a lot of fun. It, was, it gave him a chance to interact with the customer. It was brilliant. Proof positive that Drew Estate has always done in-house, on-site events better than anybody else. Yeah, it's hard to beat them. 
Yeah. I mean, it's hard to beat what Drew Estate's able to do. Um, you know, Kyle, he doesn't do the shut the box, but he brings a lot of excitement. Yeah. But now, well, I think Tennell owns the trademark on that. Well, Kyle no longer has the option now, now that Hoya de Nicaragua and Tanyo has added to shut the box packaging. I love this. I couldn't be happier. I'm not usually a gimmick box fan, but this, because it's, because I can't see this game without thinking of Tennell and how closely he is related to the Hoya line, the Drew Estate line. This just, like you said, this has his hands all over it. This is so on brand for them. But I want a special Hoya set of dice. If I don't have a special Hoya to Nicaragua set of dice, I'm going to feel somewhat somewhat slighted. It doesn't appear from the marketing uh, imaging that it does, but I'll tell you what, I'll, uh, I'll 3D print you a set. 3D print me up a set of Hoya to Nicaragua dice. I, de- I need one of those to go with this because this is this is a great idea hey, you know i had an antonio the other day it was a it was the dark one it's the dark corojo antonio it had been in my humidor about three years and i lit that thing up and it tasted like old whiskey it was so freaking good yeah i mean i, I wished i'd kept a box of them that long i need to go buy a box immediately and wait three years one of the things i just noticed about this uh, article that I didn't the first time I read through it. It's a game that Dr. Alejandro Martinez Cuenca, chairman of Hoya de Nicaragua, was introduced to in 2012 at Havana, Havana Mix Shop in Memphis, Tennessee. By this, Jeff Tunnell. Th- this does have <laughs> Jeff Tunnell's hands yeah, th- all over it. I'm going to have to t- I've still got Jeff's cell number. I'm going to text him, hey. Congratulations. This, this is you, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I love it. I like that it's Robusto Grandes. It's going to be a decent-sized cigar, five-and-a-half by 52. Just everything about this is wonderful. And how about this? Uh, the box of Robusto Grandes is $169 for a box of 20. I yeah. mean, that's $8.45 a stick. Yeah, that's, terribly that's, reasonable. That's standard Hoya price point. Right. Yeah, definitely can't complain about that. Hold on, I have goofed up my entire iPad. And I'll go into the next story, Trey. I've got to sit here and fight with my iPad. All right. Well, this is a little bit strange, me introducing this one now, because we were going to the uh, Appalachian Trail next, Yes, right? we are. All right. Well, you're the, you're the trail master. Well, that is true. I actually, my brother-in-law is, is on his way to hiking the entire Appalachian Trail. Now, not in one go. He's not trying to through-hike it. But for a dozen years or more, every year he does a section over a course of a couple of days. So he's disqualified. You do it all the way through well, or you're out. I mean, that's like me saying, I'm going to walk across America in the distance it takes me to go from my recliner to the refrigerator in, in well, segments. No, but I mean, you've also got to <laughs> most people have jobs where they can't take, because it takes eight months to do it. I mean, it goes from Georgia all the way up to Maine. Are you committed or not? Well, but most people don't have the kind of money to take eight months (laughs) off job, nor do they have the kind of job that's going to be waiting for them when they come back at the end of it. But here's a job. Well, and here's what's funny about that, too, is because I'm looking at this. So there is a, for some reason, I can't get it to pull up. The brewer, there's a brewery offering $20,000 to hack the Appalachian Trail and drink beer. There it is. A Virginia brewery announced it's seeking a chief hiking officer who will be paid $20,000 to spend five to seven months hiking the Appalachian Tail and drinking beer. The Devil's Backbone Brewing Company in Lexington is accepting applications. Now, how do you apply? How do you... I'm going to put your triathlete. You have the skills necessary to hike the Appalachian Trail. 
were you still drinking? And were you saying, okay, so $20,000 for five to seven months worth of work, that's not a lot of money. It's not. But you don't have gas. You don't have a lot of expenses during that time that you would normally have. True. But you also, again, you still have to pay your rent. You still have to pay, you know, your cell bill, you know, your insurance and things like that. Like, there are a lot of expenditures that don't just go away because you're not working. Um, so how do if you were going to apply for this job, what's your pitch? Sell me on. Sell me on why you should be. Let's, let's assume you still drink. And sell me on why I should hire you instead of somebody else to hike the Appalachian Trail. I'm thinking it has to come. I think the, the person who's most likely to get this position is going, someone who has a pedigree in mountaineering. You know, someone who has an established track, track record as being someone who does this type of hiking. And who has a brand loyalty to this brewery. I think that's who they're going to choose. The, the thing is, uh, there are a lot of people that love going for hikes, you know, in and around here and for little day hikes, stuff like that. People who do overnight rustic hikes like this, backpacking, are a different breed. And so, and they're also, it's also a really tight-knit community. They share resources. You know, the, the number one, here's a, before I answer that question, you know what the number one currency on the Appalachian Trail is? No. <laughs> oh, okay, it ain't that. It's not Sorry, that. folks. That was an obscene hand signal. <laughs> you can use your imagination to figure it out. <laughs> no, it's a Snickers bar. Okay, Snickers bar. Uh, but, but, you know, you, I'd have lost that Jeopardy <laughs> round, I can assure you. Not hide the Snickers bar, just a, a Snickers bar. And so, so uh, I... I you know, there's a lot of bartering that happens because you can't carry food. You have to go into town and pick up supplies and things like that. So once you're out there, being able to barter. So it's very communal is what I'm getting at. So you're going to they're going to look for somebody who's connected on social media, who understands their brand image and helps to explain it. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be very corporate. Oh, no. You don't think no, that's what's going to... I'm getting my dog ace, and we're coming in like Duff Man and Spuds McKenzie, and we're going to break open that office, and that's who they're going to want to hire. They're going to want somebody that leaves an impression on the... They're actually looking for somebody to take this from a national story to a worldwide story. To do that, he needs to die of alcohol poisoning about halfway through. <laughs> that's the man they want to hire. Then all this is not a corporate decision. This is where you find the guy who, you know, it's like you're in college and you know you're going to fail, but if your roommate dies, you get an A. What was that movie? There was a movie based around that. So they picked a guy that they thought was partying himself to death and tried to hang with him for a couple of months. Uh, yeah, Mark Paul Gossler. Um, can't remember the name of it. I can't either. But anyway, that's the guy they want doing this. They no. want somebody that's going to be found dead, eaten by his own dog halfway down the trail. They want Burt Kreischer. Yes, they won't. Bert. Bert would be perfect for this. Bert this would, Chrysler this would, would be perfect. Yeah, the, the machine should apply for this job today. Because it even says they're going to outfit them with equipment, um, as well as being treated to some big old beer parties along the way. That's that's a Burt Kreischer. That's a, and and how many could say they hiked the Appalachian Trail without a shirt? <laughs> and also, I definitely think that's the way this goes. But I don't think this is going to be as corporate, corporate as you seem to believe, and I don't think you got a chance of getting it. I'm not going to try. Uh, I think that's, no, I would much rather see someone in the camp that you're talking about get it. I just, I would expect it to be, so, just because of 
PR and attorneys and all this. <laughs> yeah, other. here's the eight thousand page waiver we're going to need it, you to sign exactly. before you before you drink your first beer and get on this trail. Yeah, th- that's <laughs> what I so it may be a bit of a cynical view on my part. So, and I hope I'm wrong. Well, anyway, okay. Well, from the from the absolute happiest we can be, we've got to cover this story. All right. This I, is this I is kind of like so, taking a shot. I got so mad when I saw this. Bill seeks more than double Tennessee's tobacco tax. Let me just lay some groundwork for okay. We already pay 6.6% tobacco tax, which probably doesn't sound like that much when you consider that we pay nine and a quarter sales tax here because we don't have a state income tax. I want to kind of preface this, though. Granted, this is a Tennessee thing. This isn't a, a local thing. Nashville has the, about 33% of its income from tourism. Well, something happened this year that put the kibosh on all tourism. So what does our illustrious mayor decide to do? He's going to increase property tax in Davidson County by 33% this year. That is an enormous jump, and he's basically going to require all of the people who actually live here and don't get a whole lot of benefit from the money spent usual to fund an oversight to diversify their, their budget to begin with. And now on top of that, those of us who happen to also enjoy cigars on occasion are now going to have to more than double and go to 17% tobacco tax before it even hits the shelf? So this is the way this is going to work. Hey, boys, I'm headed down to Alabama to the cigar room to get cigars this week. Can I take your order? Yeah. I mean, that's really what it's going to create. It's going to create a black market for cigars. Yeah. That's all they're doing. It's they're not be accomplishing It's going the Bandit. No. Instead of Coors, it's yeah. going to be Cohibas. Yeah, we're going to have, we're have a semi. <laughs> Spuds McKenzie on the side of it. We're going to be coming back. Kilroy on the front grill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'd love to see a return to 70s truckers. You know, you there know, was a certain Wild West cowboy atmosphere around trucking in the 70s and 80s. I would like to see that come back a little it, bit. It kind of came and went in a hurry. It did. You know, it really came and went in a hurry for a while. It, you know, what was it, Convoy? And, and uh, there were, and, and all the all the Ramblers and all mm-hmm. the people. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of, it's kind of like, you know, my, my dream of being a handyman drifter died when they started killing people. Right. I really, growing up, if you had asked, Shane, what do you want to be? I, a handyman drifter. That sounded like a great life. You yeah. just float from town to town, fix Accountable some old ladies. No one. Yeah, fix some old ladies' front porch. <laughs> Once, there's that symbol again, <laughs> and you keep on moving. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna do video cigar cast one day. <laughs> Get thrown off of iTunes, but I'm just telling you, this is not going to have any th- effect except for. Driving down the number of cigars sold in Tennessee. Which is what they're going after. Because, did you read the bill? No. The first line of the bill. Whereas the campaign for tobacco-free kids estimated that smoking directly causes $2.67 billion in health care costs in Tennessee annually. So, it's all about the children. Yeah, it's, of it's all about protecting the kids. Now, I will say, I am not wholly opposed to this bill. Because the, the piece of it that I agree is that it is going to reduce tax. It's going to remove the 4% state sales tax on food. Most states have already eliminated sales tax on real food items. So, you know, not 
candy bars and overly processed foods and Pop-Tarts, things like that. But real food items in most states don't carry sales tax. And we have been way behind the times on that. So I am pleased to see that little piece. You shouldn't be taxed on real food. But to then put this on top of it as being all about protecting the children is just... Well, this is the same thing they do when they bash contractors and they bash developers. Hey, here's a group that everybody thinks is rich anyway, so let's predate upon them because nobody will complain. Yeah. And here's a group that we can single out and that we can be abusive to, and everybody's just going to say, oh, they're rich. They're smoking cigars. They're building houses. they're They're building subdivisions. And all that's all this is is predatory behavior by a bunch of lazy SOBs that are in the house that don't understand anything about what they're talking about. No, they don't. They they don't see the big picture at any point. They just see their their segment of the picture. Yeah. So that part drives those, those things drive me nuts. But I felt it our duty to report on that, especially seeing as how we're in Tennessee. Yeah. And I'll, like I said, I'll let everybody know when I'm headed to Alabama to buy a bunch of cigars. You get the Trans Am out. Yeah, I'll, I'll get the Trans Am out. Get a, get Ace in the front seat in the Fred position. Bandana, uh, <laughs> driving goggles. Yeah, all all the good stuff in life. And I'll be okay. Well, let's break a little early because we got a action packed second half of the show. All right. I hope we can live up to that. I hope so. But we'll break a little early, and when we come back, I want to talk about casinos. We're going to talk about the world's most expensive humidors and who got the raw deal on those. Um, seven awesome reasons why cigar lifestyle is for you. I've, re- I've really got thoughts there. So right. we'll be back. Trey here with this week's Cigar Under 8. I want to talk about a brand that I don't think we've ever talked about on the show before, which is 724. Um, this is this actually comes from an aficionado list about the, the best cigars under 8 to smoke this summer. And it's it, it kind of reinvested my interest in the brand a little bit. I have smoked a lot of their cigars, although it's, they're hard to find in this area. Great medium-bodied. Uh, this is the Hustler Series Dog Walker. It's a barber pole, which I've always been a huge fan of. And um, Ecuadorian Connecticut Shade Wrapper, Costa Rican Binder, Nicaraguan Honduran Filler. So it's got an interesting enough recipe that it... Um, and Oh, and the other piece of the barber pole is a Brazilian Modafina, which I know you're a big fan of. This looks like a cigar I would like. Mm-hmm. This looks like a cigar worth seeking out. Brazilian Modafina, Ecuador, Connecticut Shade. I like that combination. And at $6.50 retail, you can afford to roll the dice on it. Yeah, you can roll the dice on it. I, don't, I probably wouldn't smoke it while walking the dog. Even though it tells you you're supposed to, even though I guess I'm going off brand, off label, a little bit off label use, but I would I would smoke it sitting on the back porch, but I don't guess they'd sell many, you know, seven twenty four sitting on Shane's back porch. Probably not. Well, it's it, country of origin is Honduras, which is a little bit harder to find. So if you're looking to kind of expand your palate a little bit, this is a great opportunity to do it. Rated ninety points by Cigar Aficionado. Until next week, try anything by seven twenty four. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, sitting across from the man who was arrested at Ikea for changing the arrows to create an inescapable labyrinth to trap his enemies, Trey Dedman. 
You don't even have to do that. Have you been in an Ikea? At any- <laughs> well, that, that was actually a news story. It wasn't you that got arrested, but there was actually a guy that did that, that changed the arrows so that there was no way out. That's brilliant. Yeah, Minotaur Isle 7, Minotaur Isle 7. <laughs> and all, that, just, that, that just hit my funny bone when I heard that story. <laughs> Meanwhile, David Bowie's reanimated corpse is somewhere in the middle <laughs> yeah, of it. Singing it up. <laughs> now, underrated movie, Labyrinth. Yeah, it really, and I guarantee you, half of the people my age and younger have never seen it. Yeah, oh, oh, definitely. It did not make the rounds. It, it didn't even hit the. You know, you kind of watched Labyrinth like you were watching something you shouldn't. Yeah, you didn't want people to know you. It was the moped of the movie industry. You didn't want anybody to see you riding one. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's it, it's funny. So speaking of which, um, I watched. A movie that I should have watched a long time ago, but I watched it for the first time a couple of weeks ago. Clue with Tim Curry. God, hoping, hoping to improve your skills at the board game. <laughs> I'm willing to do anything at this point. My 12 year old kid and my wife are kicking my butt. <laughs> They're beating you mercilessly. We played 15 rounds of Clue last week and I won once. <laughs> I swear, it's like a couple of savants in the house. <laughs> Did you at one point stand up and yell, at least I know where Ram goes? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. That's, she had forgotten about that by this point. Tender reminder. I couldn't let that slide. <laughs> anyway, tell me about your cigar. No, but no, anyway, if you haven't seen Clue, because it's another one of those that kind of came and went. and right. It's such a fun movie, especially oh. the way it ended. There's, it's one of the best ways to end a movie that's that bonkers to begin with. But cigar's great. Drawing a little tight. Um, although I will say, I actually found my Barabbas pen, finally. I had lost it did for you about lose a month. It? How yeah. did you lose that? Because I'm looking at selling my car. And so... <laughs> so immediately, I, so lost, I mean, took all the ink pens out of it. <laughs> well, yeah. So I cleaned it out. Or at least reasonably. There's still some stuff in it, but for the most part, I cleaned it out. And so a lot of pens and other various things that were in the console that you swear you need to have in your car with you at all times, but I've had it out for two weeks and haven't missed any of it. <laughs> and so I, I, I went through all of the stuff that I took out of my car. I couldn't find it. Apparently, it was one of the things I left in the car. You know, I realized it's amazing how that stuff accumulates because one time one of our buddies here borrowed my truck. And I, he was using my truck, and I thought to myself, you know, if he gets pulled over, there's a knife in the glove compartment. That he and has no I, idea I, about. I don't want him to accidentally get shot because he, cause I didn't tell him. So I text him, okay, there's a knife in the glove compartment. There's a fillet knife in the door. There's three machetes in the back. There's a crombat under the back seat wired. <laughs> All this. And he texts me. He said, why Why do you have so many knives? I said, in case of ninjas. That's right. And I, if, if ninjas attack me right now in your car, all I've got is a tire tool and a half-empty Mountain Dew to defend myself. Well, it's like, it's like the old, I love the old joke. The old lady gets pulled over by the state trooper, and he says, ma'am, do you have any weapons in the car? She's got a little NRA bumper sticker. She goes, yes, sir. I've got a, you know, 357 in the door. I've got a 9 millimeter in the center console. I've got a 45 in the glove box, and I've got a shotgun in the trunk. He says, ma'am, what are you afraid of? She goes, not a damn thing. <laughs> but ain't that the truth? <laughs> Truer words have never been spoken in this life. I've never heard that one. I love it. Well, let me tell you about the My Father Casa exclusive. Nothing special here. It's not bad. Um, but it doesn't, it's not, um, 
is nothing unique. It tastes like a good cigar. Yeah. I mean, really, if you, if you wanted a prototype M1A1 cigar, this is what a cigar tastes like. That's what this one would taste like. It doesn't really have anything that's... Ooh, I've got to have more of that. Yeah, it's it, there's nothing special here. Now, it's a good cigar, and all, but there's just nothing special happening for it's, me it, with it. So it's a, it's a gold standard. Yeah, it's it's well, it's kind of a minimum. It's kind of the the oh. the minimum you would say for a good cigar. Okay. And all, but it's so not it's the bad. building code yeah. of cigars. Yeah, it's the building codes of cigars. It's the minimum of what you're What's supposed the price to point do. What's point on it? Uh, 12, 13 bucks. Okay. I don't know, something like that. I did. Sounds like we're both having about the same $12 experience right now. Yeah, I, ne- I never, and you know, I'm just, it was, we went, when we went to the river and all, and we were fishing, I would come back with crickets and my uncle would say, oh, how much did you have to pay for crickets? I don't know. I told him, it's, it's a cornered market. Yeah. What are you going to do? Oh, I ain't paying that for crickets. I'll drive another 20 miles. See if I'll start else. lifting rocks and find my own. Okay, I'll herd them up and down the bank and y'all just grab one as they go by. No, I gave them. They told me how much it was. I gave them money. We had crickets. That's all that mattered. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm just not that into it. But anyway, so speaking of not caring about money, welcome back, casinos. Your guide to reopening Las Vegas resorts. This is in the Las Vegas Sun. <coughs> so here's my question. We can get into this article if you want to, but it really ain't that important. Um, is there a safe way? to reopen casinos in the eyes of the pro-corona people? No. No, there's not. There's too much touching. You know, there's too much close proximity. There's really just no way to do it. And and this is coming from somebody who has taken the coronavirus consideration seriously. I haven't gone overboard, but I have taken it seriously. And... Sorry, I was getting a phone call. Uh... (laughs) It, well, no, it, it goes into my hearing aids, it buzzes my watch, it shows up on my computer. I was getting inundated. Um, it's really hard to focus. So, and, and we went to a casino during coronavirus. It was in the early stages of it, but it was already starting to make its way into Tennessee and grow. I'm pretty sure that's where I gave it to you. I never had it. Thank you very much. <laughs> have you had the antibody test? No. but Then I, how do you know? You have no clue. You could be one of the asymptomatic carriers that they've been trying to bash me over the head with for the past 16 weeks. Anyway, so, you know, so, and it was something that I was cognizant of and I was paying attention to, especially that last night when that drunk redneck sat beside me and was spitting when he talked. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> oh, the other one. Oh, on the, the other, other, the other on side. The, on my right, not on my left. <laughs> okay, the other side of you. And, you know, and so... But so with as much as we know about it now and as, a, as much heightened awareness as we have now, whether it's justified or not, I'm not going into that, I, I, I really don't think there's a way to open casinos safely. Then would it be okay if they just came out and said, hey, boys, girls, take your chances. This is Las Vegas. Come roll the dice and live a little. Would that be okay? Here's what happens when you do that is you get a smear campaign online about how casino owners are more interested in profits than people. Right, and I have an easy way to solve that. Well, but you've got to remember that a lot of people live and die on their PR. And so, I mean, whether you take those people seriously or let them win or whatever, that's not... but, But the thing is, the fact remains that you are going to have people that call you on the carpet for jumping the gun. And that's why a lot of these companies, like, 
So signed up for new internet today, and I went over to the Comcast office because I much re- I hate dealing with Comcast at all. But if at least now in this city they have storefronts, so you can go in and actually look at the person who's screwing you instead of having to listen to them on the phone. And they've got all their stores closed, even though Davidson County's opening back up. They they are legally allowed to be open, but they're so worried about. PR from jumping the gun and, th- and you've got a lot of companies especially a company like Comcast who doesn't exactly have great public opinion to begin with you can kind of understand why they're I, are they going a little overboard yes if, yeah, uh, I would but, hate somebody to shake the high moral pedestal which I keep casino owners on I would hate to think that wait you mean my casino owner may not have buried a body in the desert but for but for as much as we both hate it cancel culture really is prevalent right now it's a real thing and business owners have to be cognizant of that here's the thing if you react you give those people a a, a win so just don't react just tell them to kiss your foot and move on and all. It's that easy because there will be people like me that will respect you far more for telling them to kiss off. And hey, if you folks yeah, are scared of it, don't go to Vegas. The problem is the actuaries don't have a way of categorizing that data and, and doing the, you know, because these things are gone are the days where Vegas is run by the mafia. I know it was a lot better when it was run by the mafia. Now it's run by bean counters. And the bean counters don't have any way of measuring the risk reward of people like you versus people that are going to be offended and and weighing that out. Hey, they keep her shut down and the mob will buy it back. Yeah, well. I mean, I'm at a bargain. That's a, that's a conspiracy theory I haven't heard about all this. Maybe the mob's in, in control of coronavirus. Maybe, maybe they, that's what it is. They set it up just so they could get Las Vegas back. And if they get Las Vegas back, I hope they never turn it back over. Because uh, right, the who's thing. a new Sinatra then? I don't care. And uh, here's the thing. You know, I was in Walmart and got a dirty look for walking the wrong way on the arrow. And I just looked at the person and told them, this is Walmart. This is Thunderdome. This yeah. is not Ikea. I, I really do hate the arrow. So I, I got so, you know, and I have handled all of the social changes in stride. And I feel like I've been a good little boy. You've, you know? em- you've embraced them wholeheartedly. Yeah, you know, like, it's no skin off my neck to, to modify my behavior a little bit if it grants somebody a little bit more peace. I'm fine to do that. Hold on, there's a jet coming in <laughs> for a landing, apparently. So, uh, I'm just going to Let's record, out, let's record outside, Shane. Sounds oh, like I, a great idea. I didn't realize the Marines were going to be dropping Harriers over here. <laughs> okay. So, um, so uh, how else get, do you get a cigar in this town? We got, so we got back from vacation, and we still had a house stocked full of groceries, but we didn't have any milk. So as soon as we get back, I wanted to make coffee. We didn't have milk. Okay, I'm going to the grocery store. I'm just going to grab a half a gallon of milk, and I'll be done. No problem. Well, I walk in. And it's in the back corner where all the milk is. Of course, I can't go down this aisle because the arrow's going the wrong way. So now I've got to go around. And I've got to, oh, well, this one's got 30 people standing in the middle of it because no one's actually changing their behavior despite the arrow. It's not actually doing any bit of good. Okay, so I find an empty aisle with arrow going the right way. And I go, and I realize you would have just ignored the arrows and done what you wanted to do. So you can just save your breath. I I would have went down the wrong arrow on purpose. I I went down the right one. So I get to the back, and there's like three people just kind of standing there and not 
you know, and just everyone's kind of like trying to stay distance from each other and half the people have masks, half don't. I don't really care one way or another. I finally, there's like three half gallons of milk. So I elbow an old lady to get to it. That's a spirit. And then, and then I've got to find the right aisle to go to get back to the front of the store. At which point now, because they have the X's on the floor, you've got four people in line and it's halfway down the other aisle. Well, I've got one item. I'm going to self-checkout, but I can't get through because there's too many dang bits. So now I've got to find another arrow to go back to the back of the store so I can walk around. Go, oh, my. It was a nightmare. I have zero doing, sympathy for you, mate, doing, for adhering to these imaginary arrows. Because if it gives someone a sense of peace that they need right now, I don't know everyone's struggles. It's I'm, I'm happy to accommodate because... In the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't affect me that much. It angered me at the time, but guess what? It's not that big a deal. My life begins and ends with the phrase, suck it up, buttercup. And we move on. I'm putting that on your headstone. Please, put it on my headstone. Shot six times, died of coronavirus, suck it up, buttercup. (laughs) I mean, I'm just going to, in Vegas, just go ahead and round out the whole thing. Because I'm here to tell you. This is so much malarkey that we have been exposed to. They don't want to let go of the control. They don't want to admit that they were wrong. And it just keeps snowballing. And, I'll, and, you know, I can count the number of times I'm within six foot of another human being in a day on one hand. That's not my wife. You know, so, okay, so what? My dog has a six foot leash. And I'll, when my dog goes to greet people, we're six foot away. And I'll, it's... The whole thing is an exercise in stupidity. Fair enough. Anyway, what's the next one you want to jump to? Oh, okay. I'm going to rein you in a little bit. All right. should have done it 10 minutes ago. Well, I'll, I'll calm down. Okay, let's talk about the CigarLifeGuy.com. So, I like, first and foremost, let me say, I like the premise of CigarLifeGuy.com. I like that there's a guy out there that said, hey, I'm going to make a website, and we're going to call it Cigar Life Guy. Do you know what it is? Did you look at the, what the... Uh, what the website actually is? No, that's why I liked it. It's like Gilligan's Island. Everything you need to know is right there in the title. Why would I go through? Well, no, no, no. Why would I listen to the intro? Because he's a life insurance guy. Okay. And it's all about resources because a lot of people, you know, I spent many years in the life insurance industry and a lot of people don't realize that you can admit to cigar smoking and still get non-tobacco rates on your life insurance. And this guy has put a bunch of resources together, who to look at, you know what to do, what it requires, that sort of thing. It's not so. I'm, I'm so digging into it above the face value of this article. It's a great website. I'm recommending the website to people. You're you're ruining it for me. I thought it was going to be. Can it not be as simple as Hey Cigar Life Guy? It's a guy that talks about the cigar life. Can no. it not be simple? Is that simple? If it were that simple, I'd let you enjoy it. But but, but you must snatch this fr- this I, defeat from my jaws of victory. Well, so you're. <laughs> You would never let truth get in the way of a good story. Well, who would? <laughs> so I've got to rein you in a little bit. Okay. Well, you're, since you're fact-checking me, go ahead. Talk about his seven, hab- seven reasons that the cigar lifestyle is for you. All right. Seven awesome reasons. Basically, he, he starts off the article with a little bit of history, which is basically that cigars have a lot of history. He doesn't really – he uses a lot of words, but he doesn't say much. Um Reason one, from social smoker to social media. It basically talks about the fact that there is a wealth of a community online for cigar smoking. It's just because you happen to find yourself in a rural community and maybe don't have a local shop doesn't mean you're cut off from the lifestyle. And it's a really good point. 
if you're the kind of person that wants to spend their entire life on social media, which I'm not that person. Well, and so reasons two, three, and four could all be classified under it. Hey, guess what? Other folks like cigars, and you can hang out with them. You know, national cigar events, cigar events across the globe, smoking in the lounge. Yeah. Okay, other people like smoking. You can sit down and have a good conversation have a cigar. We don't need three reasons to describe that. Yeah. I, I And me and my wife enjoy having the excuse to go somewhere that there's a cigar festival. Right. Instead of when people say, why'd you go there? Because I've never been. Then they look at you like you're, you know, a handyman right. drifter. Yeah. At least this well, way. Why'd you, you can... go to Topeka? Yeah. <laughs> least, well, there was Topeka Cigar Festival. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, that yeah, makes, yeah, makes perfect sense. sense. I'm, I love the subterfuge. I'm all about it. Reason number five is actually the one thing on this article that I didn't really think about. Uh, and it's, it's a really good point. It's about cigar history museums. Now, I was not aware that any of those actually existed. Although this points to the one in Ybor City, which makes perfect sense. If there was going to be one somewhere. Yeah, it's going to be in Ybor City and maybe Havana. Right. Reason six, women in cigars. Okay. I don't. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't really. And reason seven, millennial cigar smokers. Great. That's what I need. It's more of them in the shop annoying me. But anyway, I'm a little pessimistic today. You'll have you to are. forgive. My listeners will have to forgive me. I, I drove to look at a rower that was the wrong model. That <laughs> just started everything off wrong. <laughs> but um, he says a lot. He uses a lot of words and doesn't really say anything mm. in this article. I mean, but I'm not going to condemn the guy. I'm willing to read some of his other articles. And all, as long as it's not about insurance. I will, I will say this in defense of the article. Because it really all boils down to one point. And we, we've talked about it before. Whenever I travel, I have friends in every city in this, in this country, most of which I haven't met yet. But you're in a, a new city. All you have to do is find a cigar shop and go in and start talking to people. One of our listeners, Alex, is the greatest friend I've never met. Yeah. I mean, he's outstanding guy. Never met him in my life, but we have a lot of conversations and laugh and talk and have a lot of fun. Yeah. And the only thing we share is that we listen to this podcast. <laughs> and all, and that, that's great. That's, that, the cigar lifestyle has added so much to my life. If I die tomorrow because of my cigar smoking, then I will still consider it a net gain. Right. But yeah, so so I say, to me, it all boils down to that is the the incredible sense of community uh, that that you get from the hobby. You want to go Guinness or the world's most expensive humidors? All right, I got I can't let it go, especially seeing as I'm in a ranting type mood. All right, I can't let the day go without hitting this world's most expensive article of humidor article from Cigar Aficionado. Pretty interesting article. Written by David Savagna and Gregory Marola. And I like the way I pronounce that. And uh, they stuck, they kind of go through the Habanos charity auction where they sell these ultra-expensive humidors, starting with 2017 for the one that sold for 411000 that looks like the headstone that'll have Suck It Up Buttercup on it in my life. <laughs> And that's, that's what I'll model it after. Yeah, it, it does that not look like a headstone? It's very monolithic. Yeah, it, I, I'm not sure what that is. And uh, now, okay, '96, the JFK humidor bought by Marvin R. Shankin for five hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. Why? I mean, yeah, okay, Kennedy's iconic, but his humidor? I don't know. I, there's, I used to know a guy who had one of that had Clinton's presidential humidor. 
I can only a, imagine what that thing smelled like. Well, it was a fake. It was obviously a Late fake. Late night at the fish house. Yeah. It's, so, I mean, but I can kind of understand why you might want a piece of history that's connected to you in, in some way. Um, I guess I don't, of course, I don't understand the infatuation with the Kennedys. True. I, I don't really either, but I, and I also don't really necessarily understand the infatuation with collectibles that are attached to people. You know, if I decide that I'm going to collect something, it's because I like the idea of the the item I'm collecting, not who previously owned it or not, you know, well, that sort of thing. But, you know, my granddaddy's knife collection, I have it. That means the world to me. It stays in a fireproof safe. It stays collected. That that has significance. Yeah, but immediate relationships notwithstanding. Yeah. I mean, I have several articles in my life that were given to me by people who are special to me. That's something different entirely from trying to get, you know, the a golf tee from every one of the 98 Bulls championship team. Okay. This is what, speaking of believe, the Bulls. I can't believe you walked like right. This, and this is the one that I wanted to bring up, speaking of the Bulls. 2005, Michael Jordan, Rush Limbaugh, and Sidney Frank. Which which of these does not fit? <laughs> I don't know who's Sidney Frank. Any idea? I have no idea. And I'll um, they want they bought a humidor for three hundred thousand dollars. The price kept going higher and higher until it reached three hundred thousand dollars, and then they said, "Oh, by the way, we've got two more. Here you go, fellas." Yeah. So if I'm I'm rushed, and I'm sitting there in the audience, I'm far more likely to be rushed than Jordan. I probably share far more. Far more attributes of Rush than I do with Jordan. I've never met Sidney Frank, but I'm, I'm going to assume I'm still more Limbaugh than Jordan. You are, because Sidney Frank was an American businessman and philanthropist. He became a billionaire through his promotion of Grey Goose Vodka and Jägermeister. Yeah, yeah definitely so don't have I'm, a lot of I'm definitely more Limbaugh than Jordan. And I get to, we're selling this one-of-a-kind humidor, and we get to the end of the auction, and they say, oh, yeah, we got two more. Who else wants one? I, I'm, I'm going to stop you for a second, though. So he was born in 1919. He died in 2006, January of 2006. So he owned this humidor for a couple of months. <laughs> but he was 97 years old. I mean. But, I mean, but yeah, so he's going out and he's spending, you know, $1.8 million at 96 on something that's, I just, I find that hilarious. I'm just going to say, if I got the winning bid and then they whip out two more of my unique humidors that nobody else has ever seen, I'm going to be ticked. I'm going to have to have a word with your manager. Yeah. They, just, they had to have known it was possible just because it was announced as a lot sale. It was, Because it was a commission piece. It wasn't a historic piece. Um, I would be interested to know how much Sidney Frank's humidor went for at the estate auction after he died, though. That now, would be, now it's been owned by somebody. If, if Limbaugh or Jordan right? bought it. But I'm just—I just thought seeing that and thought, well, that this whole article sets off my my radar. I don't know what goes on there, and all. But okay, tell me about the preferito. I know we got to be getting toward the end. Yeah, we're getting there. Um, we, you know, it's it's really good. I I, you know, I was re- you reminded me that last time I smoked one of these, it was good, but not necessarily worth the price point. And I think I'm going to stand by that. I would give it a five. I would give it a five and a half if it were a little cheaper. Yeah, if if it was a little cheaper, it could get to a six. 
And all, but I the, I couldn't give this one a six. You couldn't get the Ecuadorian if it was free. I could probably get the diamond to a six. I could get the diamond to a six for sure. And uh, I could probably get the diamond to a six, and I could probably get the uh, the Nicaraguan one, the orange one. Yeah, I'm just assuming it's orange. Um, <laughs> the Nicaraguan one, I I could probably get it to a six, but I like Nicaraguan tobacco. I'm a far bigger fan of Nicaraguan tobacco than than anything else. Yeah, and all. So my father, it's a five and a half. Yeah. I mean, it's it's good. Would it be a six if it were a little cheaper? No, no, it's just a five and a half. Well, it's 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 just a five and a half. I mean, it's a good size. I enjoyed the size. I've been fighting a little bit of a crooked burn, but that could be my cut or this particular cigar. I refuse to deduct points for a crooked burn unless I've smoked a box of them and every one burned crooked. Yeah. You've also so, been ranting a lot today, so that you've pro- it's been an unusual way for you to smoke a cigar. I, I have kind of yelled the ash off of one side A little of it. bit. <laughs> so I'm, I've practically yelled the wrapper off of this cigar. But I don't know, yeah, it's a five, five and a half. It's, it's okay. It's, um, I'm not, it's not like the one, the Real that I smoked last week that I'm going to just rush out to get one. It's right. definitely not a box-worthy purchase in my, no, I get in my eyes. I get that. So how do they get a hold of us, Trey? They can get a hold of us via email at info at thecigarcast.com or on facebook.com slash thecigarcast and Instagram and Twitter at thecigarcast. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening this week. Until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us. Mm-hmm.